0: Morning, guys. Um, if you've got a Bible, or if there is a stack, usually there's a stack of Bibles over on the table, guys. We're gonna we're gonna be dipping in quite a lot this morning uh, to the Book of Ephesians. Um, we've been looking at this little piece of letter uh, for probably five, six weeks now, um, and yeah, that we're gonna be looking at a lot of different. Parts of this first part of Ephesians, really just going back over it and sort of drawing together um, some of what, what God's been saying to us through it. It's, um, how many people have been reading it? I've chatted to a few people who have been reading it over these weeks that we've been looking at it, a few. You know, it's, it's such an amazing book. There's so many oh, just rich things in it we could honestly spend months and months uh, taking time through it. Um, so, I just really encourage you to keep going with it. And I want to say that I've, I was away during May and then I was out with the fantastic kids last week. So, I've caught bits of it. I don't know what um, the mighty Ricky spoke on last week. So, in a sense, I come with a little bit of a disclaimer in that I'm not entirely sure fully what might have been covered already. Um, I just trust that if we're going over the same ground, uh, it's because Jesus has got more for us from those those little parts that he's sort of taking us back to. So, what I love, uh, partly about this, is that um, Paul, in this, he's so this is, um, for those of you, it's Ephesians is a book uh, in the Bible towards the end of the New Testament. It's a guy called Paul who was writing at the time. And in this season, he would go around traveling, uh, talking to new groups of people who were starting to get to know who Jesus was. He would go to different areas who had never heard anything before and tell them just the good news of what Jesus has come, what Jesus had done for them. And then those groups of people would start gathering. And this is one of them that was in a city called Ephesus. Um, I won't refer back because would, we would probably take twice as long. Graham did a, a mighty job explaining a little bit about Ephesus in the first week. Um, all of those different messages from the last few weeks, guys, are online if you want to catch up with them. Um, they're still there. And it, there's just some fantastic stuff that has been shared. Um, so have a look at it. So this group were in Ephesus. Paul was um, really encouraging them. This was, a, you know, they'd been doing some great stuff. Uh, he had a lot to say um, to them that was that was really positive. But he, there's a little verse partway in, in the in part way through, which says where Paul says to these people who are living in Ephesians, uh, he says, "So here I am, preaching about things." that are way over my head. And to be honest, when I've been reading through this, I have really felt like that. Um, and I'm kind of like, oh man, if Paul felt like that, and he he couldn't quite get to grips with the fullness of it and how he wanted to, to share and pass on what God was saying, it was a bit like, wow, um, is it, uh, I kind of feel the weight of that. Because there's just, there's so much of who God is in just these first Three chapters. That's all we've looked at for weeks and weeks is is who God is. In this little book, when you get to the beginning of chapter 4... Oh, hang on, if I can just, sorry, I'll just tell you, if you're looking from um, a different version of the Bible, we have lots of different versions, and that's simply about how different people have translated it from when it was written in the Greek and the Hebrew. So this morning, I'm going to be using the message, and part of why I wanted to read from the message this morning is because um, the guy who translated this, he calls it the reading version, um, we're going to be reading quite a bit of it, so to have a version that is, in a sense, easier to read, it's in everyday language, um, it's, it's stuff that we would talk about, or ways that we would talk about it. But he says this, when he wrote that version, or, or translated that version, Eugene Peterson said this, that his prayer, as we read it, as anybody picks that up and reads it, his prayer is, God, let it be with me, just as you say. Guys, that's my prayer this morning as we look at some of these different things that God says, that we, you know, we wouldn't just step away from it, but that, that He would Holy Spirit would just take those words and just plant them deep in our hearts. That we each word that we listen to, each word of His of His truth that he speaks over us this morning and it's not just for the person next to us and it's not for the people around us that we think have been part of church or coming to this place forever. It's for those of us that have stepped in maybe for the first time or the second time or not even sure quite why we're here but we find ourselves coming back and we're not people that would normally look to religion or we're not people that would even really kind of give God a second thought normally but we find ourselves just drawn to the fact that there's something going on in this. And that's our prayer for each of us this morning, no matter where we are on that journey with God. Because this is not about whether we're a Christian or we would call ourselves a Christian or not. This is just about knowing Jesus. And wherever we're at in that journey with him, whether we're just saying the first hello, who are you? Or whether we've been walking with him in different ways for a very long time, He's got something fresh for us this morning, guys. And I really felt when we were worshipping, so beautiful. Thank you, guys, um, for that this morning. It it just felt like I love it when God just sets us up, eh? I kind of feel like I don't really need to say too much, because he sort of just, I think he sort of did it, really. (laughs) He gave the demonstration. Now we'll add a few words of explanation to it as well. But when when I was just spending time this week, what I really felt was that this morning, and... You may have experienced something of this in worship, and there's still more to come. That what the Father wanted to do was really just embrace us. That there were those of us this morning that came in, and we need solutions and situations. We need breakthrough. And he wants to do all of those things. But he also, almost physically, wants to come round our hearts and embrace us. And... I I was thinking about it. I'd like to just welcome my mum here. For any of you that haven't met my mum, Christine, uh, she's here with us for a few weeks, which is amazing. And um, so we've been talking a lot this week and um, talking a lot about our brother Jeff this week, obviously, as we've regathered. And I was just reminded when I was looking at, at, you know, with what Jesus wanted to do was... um, on the da- Richard, was a, the day that I got the phone call to say that, that Jeff had passed away, um, Richard was away in Sweden, so I was on my own. And on that, that day, I just had an amazing, as amazing as it could be in the circumstances, situation of um, just happened to plan to gather on a little holiday with Kaz and our good friend Sarah from the Isle of Man. And so Ro roared up to the house and... It, it just the father just reminded me, you know, all three of them on that day embraced me, and they embraced me in a way that wasn't, you know, how you meet somebody and you hug them and you both kind of do the hug thing. It wasn't quite like that. They just each one of them at the point where I where I you know met them, they just kind of put their arms around me, and and just overwhelmed me with a just a sense of safety and being held and just embraced. And I just had a really strong sense this morning that there are people who have come in this morning and the Father has solutions to our difficulties and he has breakthrough that he wants to bring as well. But in the midst of it all, he literally just wants to come like that and put his arms around us so deeply and embrace us. Like, you're just held. He's so big. And it's already been said this morning, but I know that's what it's been on his heart because it's everything I've sort of written down is that he just yet again, and in a fresh way, guys, wants to meet with us in that And it's not, it's not, it's going beyond that head knowledge of that we know the Father loves us and we know He's for us. Like this is literally where we would just feel held by Him. Yeah, we're going to just trust Him. And I, I think even already some of you are just sensing that. Like, he's so present, isn't he? Guys, this is one of the delights of gathering as church, family, community. And I think I'm probably going to end up going way off here, but I want to speak into that. Because of what I really felt, one of the things that the Father put on my heart was that there were those of us here this morning who have when we talk about you know coming together as church and coming together as community, you hear those words and there's something on the inside that, that reacts. And I felt like for some of us it's almost a fear reaction. For some it might just be a gut thing of, oh, the associations that we've had because of our journeys in, in church environments, and this is not in any shape or form to criticize or to condemn, guys, any other environment. But I felt this morning the Father wants to do something really specific for those of you, and, and you will know who you are, where you have just wrestled to want to step back into the vulnerable somehow within a community place there's that sense of I'm okay with God I trust him, he's good but I'm just not sure and so I will come and I will even do but guys if we're going to do this journey together there's something further there's something more that the Father wants to do amongst us and When you look at this book of Ephesians, this the we've looked at the first three parts of it, and at the beginning of part number of part four, there's this little phrase that I just kept coming back to this week, and it, and he starts out, and this part is the turning point, almost. It's where the first three bits he's been looking kind of at who God is, and then he turns his attention and starts talking to the people about who he wants them to be. But he starts that chapter with these little words where it says, in light of this. And I couldn't get kind of beyond that. You know, I'd wondered about whether we should go on and look at some of how he wants us to live together. and But I just felt like it wasn't the right time, that there's still some, some looking back still, in light of Everything that we've looked at over the last weeks, so that he wants to bring us back into that. Because he then goes on to say in that but that in light of this, guys, what I want you to do is run. He says, I don't want you, you know, let's not walk. <laughs> let's not get distracted off to the side. Or maybe sit down and just a little bit out of the way. He says, I'm, I'm calling you as a people to run and that's what he's got for us as we as we journey together he's called us as a people to run and i don't know um, how many of you have ever seen the movie forest gump just just champion And there's that little scene in it, you know, um, Forrest is is born with some difficulties with his legs, and so he's got these calipers on them, these metal frames to help him walk, and it's really awkward, and he's always been picked on, and he's got this best friend, Jenny. And there's a scene where there's three lads after him, and, you know, they're pelting him with stuff, and just really getting at him. And he's looking just cowed down and beaten, And Jenny turns to him and says the the famous line, you know, run, Forrest, run. (laughs) And so he starts to run, and as he begins to run, it's like super awkward, because he's got these metal frames on his leg, but he's just beginning, you know, it's not easy, but he... He listens to those words of encouragement, the belief that his friend has in him that this is the right thing to do. You need to run. And he just starts to do it. And as he runs and goes a little bit further, he starts to get a bit freer. And as he does, his legs bend more and the calipers start to break off. And he's got this brilliant little line in the way only Forrest Gump can do it. And he says... And from that day, I just kept running. <laughs> Sorry if it's a really bad American accent, Leah. <laughs> and he just kept running. And there's lots of scenes, obviously, where Forrest is running, you know. And I think to be able, guys, to run together, which is what the Father has got for us, and maybe to begin with, and maybe we're still in that place where it, it is awkward and it maybe is painful, and beginning to step back in to community and trusting what the Father wants to do, and that is not always easy, but he has absolute belief in what he has brought together to be a a, a people who who live from that place where we, we run. But I think to do that, we need to know in light of what? To be able to run, and I think sometimes we we've, we've, we move away from the the in light of what part of it, and we just start running. And there's one other little bit in the Bible where a God says something to these people in, in um, Ephesus, and it comes about 30, 20, 30 years later, and it's right at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation. Um, he has some words that he wants to share with them. Just find it, and I think you know these these guys in, in Ephesus were amazing. This is this is what it said, or this is what God said about them. I see what you've done, your hard hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil. I know your persistence. Your courage in my cause that you never wear out. I mean, that's some pretty, you know, we, we well, I would think, hey, if, if God said that to us, we would feel fairly encouraged, you know, that we're a people who don't give up. Um, we persevere, we're persistent, we have courage in what we're called to do. But he then goes on to say, but guys, you've stepped away. Like you've moved away from that, that that first place of love, and you know I growing up listening to that, I always felt like a bit of a criticism like right, must try harder, must love harder somehow you know must hang in there with God and I, I just felt you know he's not saying that he's just saying you know when when Paul first outlined in these first three chapters, it's so dripping. I, I, you know, when you read through it, some of the words, guys, that Paul's, Paul uses all the way through abundant, extravagant, immense, immeasurable, incredible, lavish. It's full, you know, when we look at who God is, it's full of these just overwhelming words of, of how He feels towards us, what He's done for us, what He's offered to us. The grace that we live in, the victory that we live in, it's absolutely massive. And he says to, to the Ephesians, you know, and after a few years, guys, you have done the most amazing things. You've been a people who have had such courage and such perseverance. But you've kind of lost, you've stepped away from living out of that place of the the enormity and the immensity of the of my heart for you and the love that I have for you. So it's a, it's kind of an encouragement to us guys as we walk on as we get involved and we have the most amazing opportunities. We we just are surrounded by the most beautiful people in this city that the father loves and wants us to be a part of, and we're going to run towards that, hey, with all that we have. But he says, in that, what I want to do in your midst, what I want to do in your hearts, is I want you to live from this place of the extravagance and the immensity and the enormity and the immeasurable um, sense of my love and heart towards you. And I don't know, maybe that's what Paul was saying when he's kind of like, I'm preaching about things that are way over my head. Because unless we encounter the Father in that way for ourselves, guys, head knowledge on this, knowing that the Father loves us is a brilliant starting place, but he actually He wants us to know it, not know it. He wants us to live it. He wants us to to know the, the, the capacity of it, his heart towards us. And, you know, what I love is that um, when we look back at Ephesians at the beginning, you know, he covers everything. In the first chapter, um, verse 11, he says, Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us, had designs for us for glorious living. Guys, I want to encourage you this morning. If you're here and you don't yet feel like you know Jesus personally, he's saying his promise to you is that long before any of us got to know him, his eyes was set upon us, his intention for you, everything in him. And we're not just talking kind of, guys, we're not talking about something that we're learning this morning in a building or something that's been talked about in churches across the country. We're talking about something that's like cosmic. This is massive. We've got to get into the largeness of who God is and what he intends and he's saying that before any of us in this room or before anybody out outside of this room, anyone across the world, before he ever you know, before they ever got to hear a single thing about who he was and what he's like, his intention, his heart, his direction, everything in him, everything that he's done, everything that he's always working to do. We think we need to do a lot, guys. We don't. The Father is constantly at work around us. We just need to have eyes to see and join him in it because he is passionately pursuing to bring people into that place of glorious living. That's his heart for each one of you in this room. Whether you feel you know him or not, whether you feel ready to give your yes to him or not, doesn't matter. His heart, you just need to know that his heart and his intention has always been. And if you are holding on for somebody else in your world, a mum, a dad, children, aunties, uncles, friends, Guys, the Father is just intent. We do not need to sit in discouragement when we don't see them respond in the way we would long for them to. It's amazing that we have hearts that just long for people to see, but we don't need to be discouraged or let the enemy take us into discouragement when we don't see them coming to things we invite them to. Or we don't see them having open hearts when we try loving on them. It's okay. The Father had his intent upon each one of them, a a, a place of glorious living for each one of them before we ever knew them or got involved. And that's how we then pray for them, isn't it? Not from a place of their need, but from a place of what the Father longs for for them. We just align ourselves to, oh, Daddy, this is your heart for this person, You love them. You've intended this. You have wanted this. You have died for this. You've moved heaven and earth so that they would live in this. That's our hope. That's where we kind of position ourselves, that that's what the Father longs to do. Guys, hope. Hope in that kind of Father. And I know, I know, I know that this is not always easy. And the circumstances that we kind of yeah, that we're living with are not easy. And it doesn't always feel like we can see the end picture. On Friday night we had a fab group down here very exciting, uh, watching The Greatest Showman, singing and dancing. You missed a treat if you weren't here. And um, for that reason we are all quoting it in many varying shapes and forms, Jane, aren't we? And um But many of you will have seen it. And there is just this fantastic song. For those of you don't know, they're a circus group who live with all sorts of things that have shut them away from life and society where they've been shunned. And there's this fantastic song sung by a bearded lady. And it's just amazing. And she sings this song, you know, We Are Glorious. You know, I'm broken. I'm bruised but I'm who I'm meant to be, and we are glorious. And, guys, that's what we live in. And when when Paul is talking to the church here, he's trying to remind us, you know, there are two things that, that, G, that God, from the beginning, intended, conceived, and brought to birth. And those two things, that one was Jesus, that their plan, right from the beginning, was as man walked away and needed that rescue plan in place, they conceived a plan where Jesus would come and live live amongst us and die so that we didn't have to. The second thing they conceived and birthed was the church. Jesus is enormously passionate, guys, about us as a community. And in the same way, I think for some of us our expectations we're kinda of waiting for a day. When when people are like this, <laughs> or when the church if the church just gets their act together in this way, then you know then we can engage with these things. But in the same way that Jesus came down and he was born into the mess and the rejection and the mire and the degradation of of illegitimacy and everything that would have been shunned in its day. It was messy. And people around him had so many expectations that it should have been good. They, you know, we're waiting for a Messiah. He's going to be a king. He's royal. It should look this way. It's perfect. He's going to come and he's going to you know, defeat the Romans and kick them out. There were so many expectations. But God was saying, no, this is my way. This is my way to bring freedom and breakthrough in life. And he's done the same, guys, with us as community. Because we are glorious. (laughs) Each person and together, as he calls us to do stuff in family, it is messy. And it's not going to look perfect. Just want to say that up front. (laughs) It really isn't. And it's not something we're waiting for, that when we get better at what we're doing... You know, that all of a sudden um, church is going to be a good thing to get involved with, to, to give time to people, to break down the walls where we've we've put up, where we've not trusted people. He's saying, we're not waiting for that day. He says, I'm in the midst of you guys. I'm doing it already. And it is messy, and it's not going to quite look maybe the way we would all hope it to. But it is glorious, and I am in the in the midst of it. And I feel like for some of us that our hearts have just been stirred and it, you know, I'm, there are things that we have to work through that don't necessarily go away in an instant where experiences we've had and brokennesses that we've, we've been under, um, they don't go away immediately, always. So there might be a journey to do, but I feel today like some people's hearts have been stirred that there is, a, there is just something that the Father is wanting you to step out in this morning. And it might just be as simple as giving him your yes. That I want to give myself back into what the Father's doing in, in our midst. To one another as we journey it together. And you know what I love is that his promise is this, guys. And he says this in Ephesians. I think Ro touched on it. Um, how does he do it? And in in verse 14, he says, it's not, God does all these things, not by pushing us around, but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently. So he's not going to, as we step out and as we begin to allow him to embrace what he's at work doing, he's going to do it gently, guys. He's not going to push us beyond what we can manage or at a speed that we can't cope with. And I think, you know, one of the things that is, is a couple of weeks ago um, was our first week back after being away in May, and it was a, I found it a tough morning. Uh, the, the enemy was having a go. There were lots of kind of thoughts in my head um, about being part of community and how to do it and how to do this life and do I have a place and should I be here? And he was having a right, um, a right old go. And then drove home, had a long conversation with Helen. And, you know, just that sense of turning my heart towards, you know, we need to be people, he's called us to be people, who refuse to live a reduced life. And that is super painful at times. It was horrible. My heart was in pain, honestly. I could have run. So it's not always easy, but he is calling us to be a people... That that make that decision to say whatever happens, whatever the circumstances are, and he knows. And guys, it's you know, when we're, we're not gonna have time to go through hardly any now that I've said we're gonna look lots at the Bible, it's gone right off. I'd really encourage you to read those first three chapters. It is full of verbs. Don't really like verbs, not exciting, but The verbs that surround them, it it talks in that, especially that first chapter, if you read verses one to about fourteen, there's seven verbs about what God does for us. Nowhere in it is there any mention of what we that we have to do something. Nowhere. And and then it talks all the way through those first three chapters about Jesus, how Jesus is he brings it all together, he holds it all, he's the cornerstone. Everything rests on him. He's done it all. Right the way through those three chapters, there's this just incredible, overwhelming sense of He's got it. He's made provision for everything. It's depended on nothing we've needed to do. He's made a way, but our circumstances, what we live in, often look very different, don't they? But that's not because God is not triumphing. Triumphing? Is that right? In your life. And I think it's one of the biggest lies of the enemy when we read these things is we think, I'm not living like that. I'm not seeing God at work in my life in that fullness. Therefore, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm not whatever. And it's not true, guys. What we need to know is that in each one of us, because all he calls us to do in those first, when you read those first three chapters, is we just need to receive we need to position our hearts to be open to what he's doing and then receive what it is that he's got for us and to live in that. And as we do that, it's not that always the circumstances go away or change, although he's constantly at work to bring breakthrough. But like we sang in that song, you know, when we are facing waves and they feel tremendously overwhelming, he is still this God. And the seven things, let me just read them really quickly. Because this, guys, is what defines us. It says, God blessed us. He chose us. He destined us. He gave his grace. He just bestowed on us. It means he just has given freely for you. It doesn't, it's nothing to do with, with how you feel the state of your heart looks like. It's really nothing. He's done it all. It says he lavished. Not only has brought us into freedom, but he's done it totally, lavishly, in every way possible. And then he's made it all known to us. He doesn't keep it a secret. He doesn't hide from us what he wants to do. And then he says that he brings it all together in Jesus. Guys, that's what our Father is like. So I want to encourage us. There's so much more we could say, and I know we'll probably come back to it. But ultimately, in in light of this, run. What he's saying is, guys, read the first three chapters. In light of this, I am defining you by my love. That's who you are. And then I'm calling you to be containers of grace. I'm calling you to live in this place where you know that you're loved, accepted, a place of belonging. Yeah, it's one I've just been learning more and more about recently. When I was a kid, um, when I got in trouble, usually when I, well, no, it wasn't always when I got in trouble, because I didn't get in trouble that often. But when something would happen, when we were at the dinner table, I would slide under the table physically. And you know what it was, guys, at work in my heart there was 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 a root of shame. That somehow I wasn't there was something wrong with me. So if people laughed and I thought they were laughing at me, under the table I would go. And where some of us, you know, I lived with that as a very physical thing. I literally removed myself and hid. Some of us live with that. And we might not physically slide under a table. But we've not yet stepped into the fullness of that place of the belonging, that nurturing heart of the Father that speaks over us and says, everything about you is okay. I've made you good. I'm learning that one. I'm not there yet. But we're journeying on it. There are so many ways the Father loves us, guys. And I'd love to explore that more because there is such a depth to it that goes beyond just our saying, God loves you but it's this all-encompassing place. And from there, then we get to run as containers of grace to give it to one another. It allows us to do community, where he says, I want you to pour out love over one another. That's what he calls us to, guys. And I want to say that I know that there, there are many of us where we have not had the Father's heart poured out over us through other people. We've often been given something else, and and that's partly because we're we're all broken and we're all learning and we're all still trying to work to to, to align ourselves and let him be everything he wants to be so that we can live, and as he calls it, that robustness. I love it—the robustness of love, something that allows us to endure that we don't need to walk away from one another when it gets painful, where we can say the honest things when it's not easy. Okay. Okay. We're just gonna. Um, I'd like to just invite us to stand. I think if if you're comfortable doing that. And I wonder, Mary, if we could just spend a, just to close with that song again, just oceans, if that's okay. Guys, while we're doing that, there were a couple of things that I just felt. The Father, like I say at the beginning, I just feel like, and you might have just really received from him during worship this morning. It was amazing. Um, But I still think he wants to come and just bring his embrace. I felt like um, as we've been speaking, and maybe even in the week leading up to this, some of you have like I say, when it comes to thinking about community and church, there's been a sense of your, in your heart of wanting to walk away. And even as we've been speaking, there's been specific words that have been coming to mind for you, that the Father has, in a sense, just shown you what it is that you're feeling about you know, how you've been and or what's happened in those community places where you have just wanted to step back a little bit and wall off from what goes on and if the Father has given you something specific then we'd love to pray into that this morning because I really believe guys it's a season where there is an invitation for us as a community for those of us that have journeyed for a while in other places as well where he's, he's inviting us to step in and to begin to leave that behind in a more deliberate way that his grace is on that and that there is space for him to bring breakthrough if you want prayer for that. Um, I also just felt um, that there was possibly somebody here this morning who um, is either considering going in for a new job, um, and the scripture that God gave me, and this is, this is what Paul himself did say, it said, God saw to it that I was equipped but you can be sure it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And I feel like maybe there's somebody who's facing either a job decision or looking or thinking about applying for something, um, and you have felt not equipped to do it or to step out, and the Father is encouraging you, saying that um, he's the one that does the equipping. It's not maybe in alignment with your natural abilities, but that he is going to equip you to do that. So we would love to pray for you just as we sing and, and but receive from the Father guys if you're, if you're not wanting specific prayer um, then I would just yeah, just encourage you to turn your heart towards the Father and, and let him embrace you with his love as well as we close this morning. Um, so a lot of dreams last night when I'll talk to individual people but if there's anybody here and the Hartlepool means something to you you have lived there, or your parents have lived there. It is significant, Hartley I'd really, really, really love to talk to you. Okay. Hey, Father, we just, we thank you. We're so thankful that, that you're here with us this morning, that you've been so present. And there's still more, Father, I know that you want to speak to hearts and things that you want to touch, things that you want to heal so we just ask Lord Jesus that you would do that would you meet with us in whatever way you know we most need to receive from you this morning Holy Spirit come we just invite you just to increase your presence here that other things have to shift as you take up residence in those areas we love you Lord Jesus just say have your way amongst us as we turn our eyes back to you